0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As we are encouraged and inspired to rise and build this year of 2016, I think we could all agree that the spiritual is always the priority. The spiritual is not of the flesh or the visible, but is the realm of the spirit, And the invisible. So, in order for us to build the spiritual, I believe that it requires faith. The Bible says that God is a spirit. He is not of flesh and blood, but he is of the spirit. In John chapter 4, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And God, in every way, lives in the pinnacle of heaven. He looks down upon earth. Of course, he is the creator of all the things that we see today. But as we think about all the things that we see today, our God is invisible. We don't see God face to face. But through creation, it is very obvious we believe in a God, that God has created all these things, that he is the intellect, and that he is the designer of this creation. And God is a spirit, and we know in Genesis chapter 1 that the spirit of God was upon the earth, and it was moving upon the earth when the earth was void and in darkness, and the spirit of God was always been there even before the creation of the world, and uh, before anything of the flesh or anything of the, uh, the materials that we see today that has come to life, God has always been there, and he has been a spirit for all eternity. So God is a spirit. The Bible also says that he is invisible. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And we serve a God who is not only a spirit, but he is invisible. We don't see God as I, like I mentioned before, but we need to approach God. God reveals himself to us, like through creation, like through the word of God, and also most importantly, through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, and he lived for 33 and a half years, and he was the express image, meaning the duplicate image, the exact image of God the Father. And he revealed himself that way so that we may believe in him. Yes, we don't see God the Father today, and we don't see Jesus Christ even today because he has ascended up to heaven. But how do we approach God, and how do we know that he is there? Well, the Bible says we must have faith. Now, what is faith? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, and let's say the right, last phrase together, ready? The evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things Seen? No. It says the evidence of things not seen. And people might call us foolish to believe in a God who is invisible, but we have faith in it. Faith is something that you don't see. And that's how we have faith. And God is a spirit that we who we don't see. And God is invisible. And God wants us to approach Him. He wants us to draw nigh to Him. How do we do that? God Wants us to have faith. So as we think about this year of 2016, as we want to see our lives build and our families build, and also our walk with Him build, I believe that in these two, always have the priority of the spiritual, because God is a spirit. If you want to see a better worship, a better dedication, and barrel a better spiritual walk in the Lord Jesus Christ, of course it is in the spiritual, and we need to see the spiritual built up, and the only. For only a person that could uh, 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 do that in our lives is the God who is in the realm of spirit. And he is the one that ultimately builds our spiritual walk and our spiritual life. And we need his help and power. And how do we need to approach him? We need to have faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if you really want God to bless you, if you really want God to reward you, the Bible says that we must diligently seek him through faith. We need faith in order to please God. If you don't please God, God will not reward or bless or even build our spiritual life. And uh, we need to always dedicate ourselves to the Lord in this matter of faith. And if we don't have faith in God, our lives will always be the same. Our lives will never change for the better. We will not have spiritual revival. And, ladies and gentlemen, our flesh won't do. Our might won't do. Our works will be in vain. We need the Spirit of God's help. And we need to have faith in the Lord who... Dwells in, the, uh, dwells in the realm of the Spirit, and also who wants to build our lives in the Spirit, Paul says to the church of Galatia in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, This only would I learn of you, receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. You know, uh, Paul is very clear here. Hey, I want you to know that we did not get saved by works. We got saved by faith. Did you receive the Holy Spirit of God, who dwells in you now as believers? Did you receive him because you obeyed some laws? Because you kept all the commandments? No, you received the Holy Spirit of God by faith. Now, why is it by faith? Because it is by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. If you are working for eternal life, you're working to have God be drawn to you and so that you could be closer to God, ladies and gentlemen, then you are not seeking grace. You're not seeking faith. You're trying to give credit to yourselves. You're trying to approach God in your sinfulness, not by grace and not through faith but through your own good works and how good of a person you are. The Bible says very clearly that we have all sinned and that we have come short of the glory of God. So in our flesh, in our might, in our works, or maybe keeping of the commandments, you will, that will never help us to receive the Holy Spirit of God. God says, I want you to know that I need to be glorified I did the best work, I died on the cross, and I need you to receive me, not through works, but through faith. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I wonder if there's somebody here who have not received the Holy Spirit of God by faith. Because it's always been by grace, my friend. It's never been by works. And if you're a Christian today, if you have received Christ as your personal Savior, you are saved by faith, God's people say. And you are, you are not saved by works. You're not saved by the flesh or through any of gold or silver or any of the temporary things that we see today. No, you're saved by the Holy Spirit of God. And you have received him because of faith and because it is by grace. And it's all being given to you for free. And I think about what uh, Apostle Paul says in this argument in, to the church of Galatia. He says in verse 3, are ye so foolish? Are you so dumb? Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You're saved by faith. You're saved by the grace of God. Now, you're claiming credibility of yourself. And you're claiming the work of the flesh to be perfected, to be complete in him. And Apostle Paul's argument is, hey, this doesn't make sense. If you're saved by faith and by grace, hey, you need to live by grace and also also live through faith that's how you grow you're not perfected by flesh again god will not start grace and then end with fleshy works no he will always start in grace and then finish in grace because all the glory deserves to him if we are in any way trying to complete ourselves through the flesh and through the works then we have come short once again we have come short in growing in the grace of God. We have come short in becoming more like Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand that we need the Spirit's help. We need the grace of God. And we need to have faith in God who could, try, uh, who could truly grow us and build, uh, uh, build within us after His image. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have begun this Christian life through faith. And let us never try to complete this life or perfect our lives through our flesh, We must stand in faith, and we must always have the substance of faith and the evidence of the things not seen always in front of us because that's when God deserves all the glory and honor. I am not sure how I'm going to end the year of 2016, my friend. And you don't know either. And nothing is visible at this time. That's why we need faith, wouldn't you agree? That's why we need God's help. If we really want to build our lives according to the spiritual, we need a God who is a spirit, and we need his help. So with this in mind, we are compelled to have faith. We're compelled to believe that God is able, who is of the spirit, who can do great things according to not what we see, according to in the realm of spirit that is invisible. And with this thought in mind, I also firmly believe that we must have conviction about our faith. We must truly believe that this faith process works. We must also firmly believe that the word of God is true. And even though it was written maybe 2,000 years ago, it is still true today. And we must have faith in him. It doesn't matter what archaeologists say. It doesn't matter what scientists have said. Hey, the word of God is still true cover to cover. And we must believe that it is true. And we must have faith in a God who has preserved it and who has inspired it. And even though we don't see the Holy Spirit of God... Uh, it, right in front of us, face to face, face, we still believe that he is dwelling within us. That he is comforting us. That he is securing us. And that he is encouraging us. Giving us boldness to witness. And giving us the assurance that the word of God is true. And that we could keep on walking in faith. And ladies and gentlemen, we may not see the Holy Spirit, but we believe that he exists. And he is dwelling within our lives. How many believe that this morning? We must have conviction in that. We must have some firmness, in, firmness in that, and we must truly uh, order our lives according to it, and we must build upon this foundation of faith according to this great, wonderful encouragement that He is real. And that our conviction must stand the, uh, the storms of uh, different mockery and maybe even different uh, uh, contradiction people might uh, come through. And we must always contend for the faith. The Bible is very clear in Jude chapter 1 verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write up on, uh, unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. And exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You know, Jude was clearly giving warning that some people will come and will try to suede you from the faith that was once delivered. And the truth that was once delivered. And Jesus Christ's message that was once delivered. They will try to suede you from that. And Jews says, I exhort you, I encourage you, I admonish you, and I, I strongly passionately tell you this that you should earnestly contend, fight, and protect the faith which was once delivered. And as we have this verse in mind, we must have full conviction and assurance that the Christian life is not just about believing. It is about who we believe, it is about what we believe, and it is about why we believe. You see, the church is not just gathering of people. It's a gathering of believers. This is called out assembly. And believers are called believers because they have faith in the who? They have faith in God. And in what? They have faith in the scripture. And why do they have faith in the scripture? Because they believe that it is true. And Drew clearly writes, or wrote, Contempt for the faith, which is singular, which was once delivered. The church should not be a melting pot of doctrine and different beliefs. No, it is one God, it is one faith. The Bible says, and Paul wrote to the Ephesus church in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Look at it with me on the screen. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Let's see these verses together. Verses 4 through 6. Ready? There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. You see, we are compelled to have faith to believe. But we cannot just believe whatever we want. We cannot just have a pluralistic stand of doctrines. No, We believe in one God. We believe in one Savior. We believe in one Scripture. We believe in one truth. We believe in one Spirit. We believe in the one church. We believe in the one Father who is above all and through all and in you all. And we must have conviction in that. We must have some firmness in that. If you want to see our lives grow spiritually... We must have the right teachings behind it. We must have the right stance behind it. We must have the right conviction behind it. We cannot just grow through different doctrines of beliefs. We cannot just adapt to the humanistic philosophy and try to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and His teachings at the same time. No, we must stick to the teachings and the Word of God and the Word of God alone. And we must always recognize that there is a spiritual warfare, and the devil will try to deceive you, and trying to believe in whatever you want, and thinking that God will bless you. No, that's not the case. The Bible is very clear. There is one faith, there is one spirit, and there is one body, and there is one baptism, there is one God, and we need to believe in this singular position Of truth, that God is not the author of confusion. he knows what he believes in, and he knows where he stands, and we must seek out that truth, and stand on that truth, and build on that truth, and that's when we will see some growth, and we will see some result according to the Spirit of God. God's not going to just grow in your life or grow in this grow the spiritual in your life by according to the flesh and the things of this world. No, God will only bless you and revive you and strengthen you according to His word, according to what He has communicated around two thousand years ago. That's why Jesus says, "Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I ever commanded you, because what He has said has the blessing." His truth has the blessing. His word will work. Now, according to man's wisdom. Now, according to the humanistic philosophy. No. God is the one that knows all things. He knows what will work. He knows what's going to keep our family together. He knows how we could see our children save, our parents save, and, and what's going to work in prayer. And, and he knows uh, where, we need to, uh, where we need to stand so that we may see the blessings of it. Robert Bork, the writer of Slouching Towards Gomorrah, wrote, If a church changes doctrine and structure to follow its members' view, it is difficult to see the value of that church and its religion. Religions must claim to be true and in their essential, to oppose principles that are universal and eternal, no, no church that panders to the azitis uh, that deserves respect, and very shortly it will not get respect, except from those who find it politically useful and that it is less respect to that disguise content. You see, the church cannot work with different types of doctrine, and uh, there might be churches out there that's adapted to this. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not a church. Church is founded upon the teachings and the commandments of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. And church is a called out assembly. From where? From the world. Okay. For the church to go back to the world, then it is identifying himself not to be what his definition is. Which is called out assembly. I don't know about you. I want our church to be more holy and to be more golly and to be more like Jesus Christ, God's people say. We don't want to be more like the world. You know, the model is not more like the world. Amen? It says more like Jesus. You know why? Because we are called out assembly. We've been called from the past, the world, to this present time, to this new life and we're the body of Christ and we must build upon this faith according to his truth according to his scripture according to what he has taught oh think about the spiritual man how the spiritual man is built it is built upon the right doctrine the bible says in second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You see, the Bible says that we have profitability according to doctrine, reproof and correction for instruction and in righteousness, and those are found in the scripture. Those are found in the Word of God. And as we think about our lives, we cannot just take any materials of philosophy and build upon our lives according to it. No, we need to make sure that we have the right materials and the right doctrine and the right teaching in order for the Spirit of God to move upon our lives because the Spirit of God has a sword and his sword is the Word of God. And we need to rely on the Word of God so that there will be unity. Spirit of God unifying with his word and saying, yes, that's what I meant. Yes, that's what I said. Now you're getting it. Now I could build upon your life. Now I could really grow, uh, grow you and uh, make you more like Jesus. And, uh, and that's where we need to be. Think about construction or contractors today. You know, it's great to know that contractors and construction crews know how to build. But as we think about them, we have some uh, uh, discomfort where some of those people become shady and uh, they start using wrong materials for different parts of the building. I many say that's a very big concern? Would you raise your hand, all right? They might know what they need to do, okay? They might know how to build a building. But if they use the wrong material, guess what? The building will not be very safe. It might look nice on the outward But if they're using cardboard instead of drywall, there's a big concern there. And if they're just using clay instead of concrete where it needs to be poured, then there's a big concern there. And uh, if they're using aluminum for structure instead of steel, that's a big concern there. You see, you know, we expect the construction crew and even the contractor to use the right materials to build a safe building that will stand in the test of time. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the same thing with our lives. If you want to see our lives built in the right way, in safety and security, and stand in the right, I guess, uh, 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 in the right foundation, and with the right structure, we must have the right materials and the right doctrine and the right teachings. And we must hear God's word and do them. That's why Jesus Christ talked about the two houses. One house that built upon a rock that hears and does them. He builds that house, and when the uh, when the storm comes, that, stand, that house is still standing. But that house that does that hears, but that, that, that does not do according to his commandments. Guess what? That house, when the storm comes, starts crumbling. It will not stand. That storm or that hurricane, you could say. And it will fall, and it will be a great destruction. And ladies and gentlemen, what materials are you using as you are seeking to grow in the Spirit? What material are you using to build upon this holy faith? You're saved by faith. What material are you using now? Are you going after the Spirit of God's help according to His Scripture and His teachings and commandments? Or are you like what the Apostle Paul said? Have you begun in the spirit? Now are you perfected by the flesh? you begun in the spirit by faith. Now you're seeking after this world and seeking after the things of the flesh and the things of works and what makes sense to you. Are you that testimony of the spirit? I hope as Christians, as we have begun in the Spirit by faith, that we have faith in knowing that God knows what He's doing and that we trust the Scripture, we trust in the invisible, we trust in what God is able to do. not according to the flesh and the things of this world, I hope we stand firm on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ and build on that foundation according to the Spirit's help and Spirit's teaching. Build upon your faith with the right materials, and have one faith, and one God, and one Spirit, and let us make sure that we build upon this foundation the right life according to His guidance. The Word of God warns in First Timothy 1, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. There are doctrines of devils that has creeped in the churches in this last days. There are doctrines of devils that have changed the structure, of the structure of the church and the belief of the church and the perception of their Christian life. And we need to have this great desire to see our church and even our individual spiritual man being built according to the Word of God, according to the Spirit of God. And so what are we to be aware of this morning? I'd like to share with you just briefly three spiritual awareness in building upon our holy faith. These are very practical, but I believe it is very essential and helpful. And we need to be warned, and also we need to be admonished and and be edified uh, according to the word of God. Number one, we need to be aware of the opposition. Think about the opposition. Mockers against our faith. In verse 18 and 19. How that they told you they should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Notice the statement, having not the Spirit. Think about that. So these people, are they saved or not saved? They're not saved. They don't have the Spirit of God. Okay. These people are not born again. These people have ungodly lusts. They're essential. They're also mockers. And these are people who claim to be spiritual and godly who stand against the truth. They mock the word of God. They have ungodly lust that is contrary to spirit. They're essential, and they're not spiritual. And ladies and gentlemen, there will be people around us who claim to be spiritual, but mock your conviction and also your beliefs. They will mock your belief in the Trinity, believe in the virgin birth of Christ, believe in the resurrection, believe in the literal second coming of Christ, believe in the inspiration and preservation of Scripture. They will mock you for being too narrow-minded. They will mock you for being close-minded. They will mock you for not thinking outside the box. And let us all claim Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. You see, the word of God is saying no matter what kind of mockery, no matter what kind of fiery darts that the devil in the world fires at you, at the end, what you need to do is not to com- compromise. But for you to stand, we need to stand. Oppositions will come, but stand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And mockers will try to make you fall, but ladies and gentlemen, stand firm on the Lord Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ never changes. The world will say change, but don't change. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Stand when people are opposing you. Stand when people are mocking you. Stand firmly and build upon your faith according to the scripture. Now, according to people. Now, according to what other people say. I don't care what the world does. I care what God wants. And we must have firmness in that. You might say I want to be politically correct, and I, you might say I want to be nice. But the Bible also says that we could speak the truth in love. You could. Be firm, but also have the right disposition of grace. You know, Jesus Christ, as as he was hanging on that cross, you know, he wasn't compromising with the Jews there. He stood according to who he was. He was the son of God. But he also said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He had truth and grace. You could have that in your life. And you can stand firm. You don't have to be mean, mean about it. And you don't have to, in every way, uh, uh, be hateful about it and start picketing outside and saying that everyone's going to hell. I believe that you can stand in truth and also stand in grace at the same time. Did you know that Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth? That's why he was able to articulate so well. He was able to identify uh, 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 I had to identify with the sinners and the publicans. And he was able to win those multitudes. Yes, he was a son of God. Yes, he was God himself. We understand that. But ladies and gentlemen, we must follow after his first step. His spirit still dwells within us. And his spirit wants to communicate that grace and truth in our lives. But first, we need to stand in truth. We must be firm in that. Never compromise and stand in this evil day. Samuel Clemens, more commonly known by his pen name Mark Twain, was a gifted writer. Yet Twain, Twain held a deep contempt for Christianity. He once referred to it as a slaughterhouse religion because of the doctrine of the blood atonement, and he often turned his ridicule on those who believed the Bible. In spite of this, he met and fell in love with Olivia Langdon, a young woman from a good Christian family. While they were courting, he appeared to have downplayed his lack of faith she agreed to marry him. After their marriage, Twain began to openly mock Christianity once again. And before too much time passed, Olivia stopped attending church. And by the way, you know, if you have children, don't compromise and, uh, uh, because of love. And if your children wants to marry somebody who's backsliding, not faithful to church, and maybe even a non believer, don't compromise because they're in love. Stand firm and make sure that your children marry the right person. And don't have your children marry somebody uh, who has committed to say, yes, I will be more faithful to church after I get married. Yes, I will get saved after I get married. Yes, I will read more Bible and pray after I get married. Don't you, have some, don't you have your kids marry that person? That's a compromise. You need to have your children marry somebody who's already standing in truth, who's always already living for God. That person will never be, my friend. And I want to encourage you to make sure that you have a deep conviction not to just do whatever you want, According to love and according to maybe sympathy, according to just maybe disposition. No, hold to your position first and see what God will do with that. So Olivia just gave in to the love of Twain. Twain and his family suffered many great reversals, including a complete financial collapse and the death of a beloved daughter. At one point, Twain, attempting to comfort his grieving wife, said, Livy, if it comforts you to lean on your faith, do so. She replied sadly, I cannot, I do not have any faith left. What happened? Olivia was not able to change Mark Twain at the end. With her position, Mark Twain, after all that time, was wearing her down. Wearing her down. Faith getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Having more doubts. Having less security. Less comfort. If you're compromising, my friend, you are not winning that person. You're dragging your position down further. You need to stand on the Lord Jesus Christ. How many believe that our love, should, our love to God should be the greatest. I'm going to say this tonight, but I'll say it again this morning just to have you some preview. I love my God more than I love my wife. The reason why I love my wife is because I love my God. I love my God more than my children. I love my children because I love my God. God's love always comes first. He is the preeminent one. You cannot live your life trying to please everybody. No, you please God first, my friend. By the way, when Jesus Christ was sold for 30 pieces of silver at the Garden of Gethsemane, where were all the multitudes? Where were the disciples? They all scattered in the day. Only John and maybe Peter falling from a distance. That was it. Where are those 5,000 people? Where are those 4,000 people who got fed? Where are those people who had their sickness healed? Them? Where are those people? You see, people will be you. That's why Apostle Paul says, all men forsake me in Second Timothy chapter 4. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And Apostle Paul says in that same letter, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He says, I thank God I stood where I need to stand. Thank God I didn't compromise. Thank God where I thank God I always stood on the foundation of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, do not in any way be convinced by these mockers and these people who doubt the scripture. who Try to dissect the scripture in a wrong way. You stand for your conviction. You stand firm. I thank God my dad received Christ as Savior before he passed away. I believe one reason as God was doing the saving, but God used my mom, who stood firm. She just stood firm in her conviction that Jesus Christ is the right way. Going to church every week is the right way. Reading the word of God 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning is the right way. Did you know there was a time where my dad kicked the Bible at home? As she was having her devotion. Did you know there was a time where my dad had to take away a, a, a stick where my mom was gonna whoop me with because I didn't want to go to church that day and my dad took that stick instead of beat instead of begin to beat my mom. I don't know about you. For any human being, that's a very hard marriage. But she stood her ground for those ten years. All the cursing, all the ridicule, all the animosity, everything. But in tears, my dad, he received Christ as a personal Savior. You know why? When my dad was scorning, my mom stood still. She stood where she needed to stand. Of course, my mom got saved after she got married. She didn't get saved until after she was married to my, mom, my father. She could have just simply walked away from that family or from that marriage. But she stood her ground. My dad got saved. I thank God I'll see him in heaven today. If I, if I were to die today, I thank God I, I get to see him in heaven. Because somebody stood for the faith. Secondly, the obligation, building on our faith. But ye beloved, building up on yourselves on your most holy faith. This is not a duty, not a choice. God has given us a good foundation of faith. Jesus Christ. We must not leave it as a vacant lot, but we must build. And first of all, we must build prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. One of the best ways to show that our God is true and we are sure our belief is in Him, is to experience answers to prayer. We believe that He is omniscient, He is omnipotent, He is omnipresent. And with all those beliefs that we have in God, and I believe those things can be proven through answer to prayer, and I believe that we could see some great, wonderful buildings Rise up for the glory of God upon this foundation because we have some prayers answered. And answer to prayer is what God wants us to see and God wants us to give in our lives. And I believe uh, as we think about our lives, sometimes we have our doubts about our faith. And we have our doubts of what we believe in and what we've been taught because that experience may be much of answer to prayer. And we need to see more of that in our lives to know that the word of God is true, and, then we, and we claim the scripture as we pray over it uh, in certain situations and certain circumstances and trials. Hey, God has answered them according to his word, according to his spirit, and I know my God is real, I know my God is alive, and I know God cares what's going on in, through my difficulties. I think about several years ago, we had I Love My Church for the first year, and I remember challenging the teenagers, I was a youth pastor then, I told them, hey, you need to, uh, you know, uh, 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 love your church and, and uh, let's try to do something for uh, this church and let's try to raise up some, uh, 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 I guess, uh, a fundraising uh, so that we could have some maybe AC unit or uh, uh, some blinds and some uh, uh, fans in the youth room and that and, uh, we we're trying to uh, get something going for that first year. and. And uh, we had some commitments month by month, for maybe for two months. Hey, I want you to commit this month. And many of the teenagers, we thank God for that. And I also wanted to make sure I set a right example. I made some commitments uh, 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 week after week. And then uh, there was a final commitment that you were supposed to commit. I committed $100. And I didn't have that much money. I was going to Bible college, and I think I was like the first year of Bible college at that time. And I had no job in that summer, and... I was going to a temp, uh, uh, temp agency and trying to find a job, and finally I landed a job and and uh, at the Nordstrom over there and uh, in the Galleria Mall, and they put me of all places. They put me in the ladies' shoe department. Amen. And uh, you know, uh, uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize that as you work in the ladies' uh, shoes department, the ladies expect you to put the shoes on for them. And I remember a couple times I said. I, Sorry, and he's a cell rep, and I and, uh, want you to have her do it. And uh, it was a very interesting uh, experience in my life. I worked there for four weeks or five weeks, and whatever I gained, you know, of course, I had to pay my bills, and, and I had some uh, credit card bills left from Otis College of Art and Design. I wanted to pay that off. I had a car payment too. And then I had a uh, uh, you know, committed it uh, week by week for the I love my church. So I was giving toward that. And the end of July, and that was the final day commitment, and the final payment, it was $100. And I said to the Lord that week, I said, dear God, I don't have it. And uh, my bank account, I think only had maybe $15 or $20 or so. And, and I have no money. I have no cash. And I could probably just ask my mom, Mom, would you just give me $100? Easy way out. If I just nailed by the best side, I said, dear God, challenged the teenagers, we some scripture, and now it's the final week, I don't have this hundred dollars, would you do something for me? And I don't know where it's going to come from, would you do something for me? And I claimed some scripture, I claimed his promises, and I said, ask and it should be given you, seek and it should find, knock on the door, shall be opened to you. And, uh, and I, I ended that prayer. I remember that day, I felt like cleaning up, and I felt like, you know, my Room looked a little dirty. I said, you know what? I'm going to clean up a little bit. Let me just get the drawers out and have a lot of stuff in there. Let me just do some summer cleaning. And I had some time. I was in school and, and I took out all the stuff out of that drawer right by my bedside. And uh, I took it out. There was all these different materials, cards and, you know, uh, uh, nails and screwdrivers, stuff like that. And I took it all out. I remember looking at one wallet. It was fresh and new. My uh, My aunt gave it to me a year and a half ago and I never – Used it because I just had a a good decent wallet, and you know wallets, you know you don't change it every year. Maybe some of you do. I only change it maybe every four years or so, or five years or so. I use it up until it's like torn. And uh, but I remember looking at that wallet. Maybe I should use this now. You know, it's been a couple years now, and maybe I should use it. I looked at it and I opened the wallet and looked at it and what it looked like, where all the slots were. And I remember looking at the. Uh, the, the place where the money goes, and then I looked at it, and I, I was click, looking at it so quickly, I just overlooked it, and then and then I went to another slot, and then I thought to myself, you know, I saw something in there, what is that? So I went back to uh, where the money slot is, and I, I I opened it, and lo and behold, Mr. Benjamin Franklin was in there. And I said, hey, Benji, I've never seen you before. And I took out that dollar bill and when my aunt gave me that present a year and a half ago, she gave it to me with a hundred dollar bill in it and I never knew until a year and a half later. Until that time, I knelt to the Lord and said, dear God, I need a hundred dollars. And I was able to give the final payment that week for our love. God knew a year and a half ago that Jimmy would need a hundred dollars, so I'm not going to have him see this hundred dollars in this wallet for a very long time. So when he needs it, I'm going to show it to him. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have him. I'm going to have him have a feeling to clean up on that day, after he prays. I'm going to have him get the hundred dollars. I remember one time I was playing. Uh, some kind of sports up in college, and then somebody knocked me down really hard. I mean, it was like a tackle. I've never been tackled like that before. And, uh, man, it, it knocked me hard, and just down to the guy, I got a little dizzy. I remember my glasses were just thrown somewhere on the grass, and then I found out it was broken. And I remember uh, I was blind for a couple of days, and then Friday I, you know, uh, did what I can, taped that up, you know, and then and try to... Uh, at the end, uh, go down to LA and maybe have it fixed. And I was praying to God as I was driving down. I think Brother Paul was with me. Brother Paul was driving on that day and I was on the passenger side. And I said just quickly, Dear God, I don't have money for this. Would you provide for me? I, I need to fix this glasses. I remember that day going home and that Friday afternoon, late at night, I came home and my aunt was there. And I went up the stairs and I said hi to her and whatever. And then my aunt, when she was leaving, she said, "Jimmy, won't you come down?" I said, "Yes." And then she shook my hand. She said, "I'm praying for you. I'm proud that you're going to Bible college. I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you." And as I shook her hand, I felt something as she shook my hand. It felt like a little note or something. And I I took it, and then I went upstairs and I opened it up. Lo and behold, it was hundred dollars. <laughs> God was able to provide for me so I could get new glasses that day. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just simply saying, when you see answer to prayer, you claim some scripture, you know where you stand is true. You know your faith is true. You know that God is true. No matter what mockers say, no matter what other people say, you know your God is true according to all those prayer requests that God has answered for you. So, you're obligated to pray because God is real. Quickly now, and I'm almost done, think about love of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ and shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sore? You know, God's love is available for, for us, and this is security and defense that we have. Keep yourself in the love of God, knowing that having to build upon this holy faith is worth it because God's love is available for you. Mercy Notice that God's mercy is available, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. And you would think, talking about eternal life, it would be hope of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. But he says mercy. Why does he say mercy? Well, because God has withholden his wrath from us. Mercy is something that we don't receive what we deserve. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to be encouraged today that Whatever you go through in life, it could be worse. And as you build upon your holy faith, as you're building and building by Spirit, God's help through prayer and the love of Christ, realize that it could be worse. Realize that, hey, you have the mercy of God that is new every morning. And realize that it is worth building. It is worth standing. It is worth living for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And number three, lastly, I'm done. The Opportunity reaching others for the faith as some of compassion and making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. And as we are building upon this faith, as we build our lives according to the Spirit and through prayer and through love and through the mercy of God, ladies and at the end, what is the whole purpose? Well, number one is to glorify God, but I believe number two is to reach others for our, for our Savior, having compassion. Making a difference. You know, we're not building upon this faith so that we could look good and say, hey, look at me. Look how good of a Christian I am. No, you're building upon this faith, this foundation, so that you may tell others how God has changed your life. How God has has in every way transformed your life. And how God in every way has given you a new direction. And that your family is fixed, your marriage is fixed, and that everything is going well according to God's sovereign plan, and that it is being perfected, it is being complete. And that you could reach others and have compassion making a difference. Sometimes we never get to firmly finish. And we can never in every and we, we, we never get to in every way see the great structure. Rise from the faith that God has given us. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you this morning. Where are you today? Where are you in your Christian life? You are founded upon the great faith of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But is anything building there? What is building there? Is it according to the scripture? Is it according to the word of God? Is it according to the spirit of God? Or is it after the flesh? Are you trying to perfect yourself according to the flesh rather than the spirit? Where are you this morning? If you have never been saved, you have never received Christ as your personal Savior, I encourage you to receive Christ today. I encourage you to recognize that Christ wants to lay his foundation in your life so you could have your sins forgiven so that you could be on your way to heaven. Where are you this morning?